That's a hockey, you know, it's only, it's only game. Young men expressing themselves for joy. Why do you have to be mad? These guys are jerks. It's only game. It's a cheap dirty game. It's only game. Why do you have to be mad? Well, it took 1,134 matchups, but we got ourselves a tie. Hello and welcome to the Cupful Stat Attack Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Callanan. On this week's show, we'll be checking in on the three remaining unbeaten teams from last week. Are any still standing with their 100% win record intact? As I mentioned, this week saw the first tie of the week, so we'll be going through the details of that. And this week's interview is with Matthew Gosselin of Tiltopolis Anonymous in Lungby, Tier 4. And Matthew is somebody who I'm sure most of you in the Facebook groups will be very familiar with, and I'll be chatting with him about his experiences in the Cupful this season and over the past few years. For this week's deep dive, I've gone a little bit deeper into the 2019-2020 Cupful draft results. This week, I'm looking at the various strategies that were employed by the 252 general managers around the league, and I'll be investigating whether it's beneficial to minimise or eradicate your goaltender roster spots completely. As well as that, I'll have all the usual features with the matchup of the week, performer of the week, team of the week, and I'll finish off the show with Hot or Not, where I look at the players whose ownership percentages have swelled or shrunk over the past seven days. But first, I spoke yesterday with birthday boy Matthew Gosselin about his experience with fantasy hockey so far, his own goaltender strategy, and an embarrassing encounter that I had with one of his current roster. This week's guest on the Cacupful Stat Attack podcast is Matthew Gosselin. Matthew is the general manager of Tiltopolis Anonymous in Lungby, Tier 4. Matthew, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Mark. It's great. Good stuff. Um, just before I get into the meat and bones of this interview, I did notice a post on Facebook maybe 20 minutes before I started recording this. Is it your birthday today? Yes, it is. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you very much. I'm not going to ask you what age you are. Uh, 33. It's a crack age. <laughs> you're not far off me. <laughs> a little bit younger. Um, can you tell me where you're from, Matt? Yeah, uh, I'm based off uh, Gatineau, Quebec. It's uh, about uh, like... 10 minutes from Ottawa, two hours from uh, Montreal, just so people get situated a little bit. Uh, Are you a Senators fan? Uh, no, 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 I've never quite been a Senators fan. Uh, uh, Montreal Canadian, primarily, yeah. Okay, and how does that work being 10 minutes away from Ottawa, but supporting the team a little bit further away? Well, the thing is, uh, it's 10 minutes from Ottawa, uh, but uh, from where the Sens play, it's in Canada. Uh, not Canada, but Canada. Uh, okay. It's about a 45 minutes drive with no traffic. Uh, so uh, on a, a night where the Sens play, uh, it's a hell to get through there uh, and hell to coming back. So right. okay. I'm so not you're... a fan of uh, Melnick or anything like that. No, that's easy to understand. Yeah. Um, have you been a Habs fan for your entire life or... Absolutely not. I was the biggest uh, Colorado fan growing up. Uh, when the uh, and I kind of late nineties ship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I jumped ship when the uh, Stars won the cup in '99 or 2000. When and when uh, Brett Hall scored that goal. Right. And, okay. Um, for the longest time, the 2000s, I was uh, Dallas fans. But Mike uh, Mike Modano. Exactly. Yeah, he he might come up a little bit later, but <laughs> okay. Well, my next um, question is: your favorite real life hockey player? Is that where he's going to come up? Uh, well, right now is uh, Elias Peterson. Uh, okay, he's been uh, a savior for uh, a lot of my uh, 
fantasy team. Yeah, and he's been a joy to watch. Uh, absolutely. That kid's I think, crazy. Yeah, I think in the last few years, um, the league has lost uh, through retirement a lot of skilled players and you know players who are easy on, easy on the eye to watch, the likes of mm-hmm. Datsuk, um, the Sedin twins. So I think he's really been a breath of fresh, fresh air, and he's not the first time he's been mentioned on this podcast. Oh, I'm sure it won't be the last either. No, we've years and years to to look forward to. He's one for keeper leagues for sure. Oh, exactly. Um, can you tell me that about your fantasy hockey history or your pedigree? Um, maybe how long you've been playing, the number of leagues you're in, that kind of thing. I've been playing fantasy hockey for about ten years now. Uh, I started with just like uh, I got one group of friends who, uh, on the same day, we do uh, two hockey drafts. One is just a draft and forget. And the other one, uh, later at night, it's uh, with a cap. So we got a cap, we got to stay under it. And it's just a points league. So, yeah, that started. That's how I started in uh, fantasy hockey. Okay. And how many leagues do you play this season? <laughs> I did my prep yesterday and I counted all my leagues. Uh, I've got 10 right now. Wow. <laughs> so you had to count your leagues, right? Okay. I had to that, count that's a sign. That's a sign that you have maybe too many. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. But I, I, I just love drafting. It's yeah, not necessarily yeah. the uh, come. Uh, I'll draft like ten, draft and forget. I don't mind. It's just drafting yeah. part. I love. I got oh. three dynasties, uh, three on Yahoo, a couple, one one year, and I've got a uh, eight team keep seven uh, on Yahoo. I got two on office pools, two are keepers, and. Uh, Two on uh, Pool Expire, this uh, another uh, platform for uh, fantasy hockey. Once a cap league and once a draft and forget. Yeah. Okay. And then focusing on the Kukupful, um yeah. can you just tell me about your your team name? Yeah, I actually stole that one. Um, right. So I got a little sport group, or not a sport group, just but uh, it's called a Tiltopolis Tiltopolis Paradise, and. Uh, I think I might have just stole the stole the name from uh, one of the guys in in that group. Okay, how have you been finding the Kukupful season this this season so far? Uh, ups and downs. It's nerve wracking, really. This this season, I, I've been very, very, very lucky. Yeah, you're not doing badly. So um, I don't want to make any presumptions about how this week's matchup is going to go. It's really tight going into Sunday night. Um, Absolutely. You have a 10, 10 and a half point lead. You're projected to win by, I think, eight points, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that win, if I look at the league correctly, it looks like that win would put you outright top of the division. I hope so. Uh, there's one guy, I think, in fourth place. Uh, he's beating me right now by 60 points or 40 points. Right. Uh, but I've been, per per record, uh, for the record-wise, I've been uh, first the whole season right now but yeah it's it's nerve-wracking yeah and i could sorry i can see you're six two and oh so you've lost twice but those two defeats were quite narrow so you lost by 2.9 and you lost by 12.4 yeah and uh last night uh what put me over was uh sebastian ajo's great great game and uh tara vinan's help too yeah so if i can get in then to your your draft um you as you mentioned there you drafted aho uh, he came in the fifth round and yeah. teravinen you picked up in the ninth round so 115th overall uh teravinen is looking like a great great pick yeah 
Absolutely. Uh, especially if you uh, have a look at who I drafted just before, uh, Trocek. Uh, yeah. He hasn't been doing that great. So Tovo at uh, 115 with dual eligibility, that's great. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Vincent Trocek fan. I drafted him in a couple of leagues, and the uh, the uncertainty around the injury was bad enough. But then when he came back, he hasn't really been the player he's been the last few yeah, seasons. A funny story, actually, I met Vincent Trocek around this time last year when the European Games were on in Helsinki. Um, oh, that was you? Yeah. I remember I that. Oh, God, so embarrassing. So, uh, yeah, we'd been out for a few drinks before the game. We got to meet the Stanley Cup. Um, we were actually arranging, we had arranged to meet uh, Mark Pysik, the Florida defenseman, um, through, through a friend of mine um, in Edmonton. And we met Mark, and then he's good friends with Vincent Trocek and his uh, Mark's parents were there and Vinny came up and I had him in my league at the time and I you know I had had a few beers and I just said to him uh, I think you're criminally underrated and hit some blocks leagues <laughs> and he just looks at me and goes uh thanks <laughs> so I feel like I kind of owe the guy to keep drafting him every year he actually uh, went third overall in a dynasty I drafted last year yeah, I I can kind of, well depending on the categories I can kind of see it with Trocek because he is still quite young but um the injuries I mean it seems to be nearly every season now that he's picking up injuries. Yeah. It's a shame. Um just in terms of your your draft then going back to the draft uh, John yep. Carlson you picked him up 31st. Exactly. Um <laughs> we don't need to say anything about that he's obviously killing it this season. I'm um, extremely happy. Yeah, naturally. Uh, Connor Hellebuck in the fourth round, he was your first goaltender. Gold, um, yeah. In cup full format, he is the number one ranked goaltender by quite a distance. So, again, no issues? Nope, no issues. Uh, but I, look, I've been rocking uh, Hellebuck uh, as my lone goalie uh, for yeah. the longest time right now. I noticed that, yeah. So you also drafted Mackenzie Blackwood and Jonathan Quick. Now, Quick, I can understand that you would have dropped him <laughs> there's no issues with dropping him He's uh, he's been stinking since the start of the season um, Blackwood, did you hold on to him for long? No, not that long uh, I think might be a third or second or third week I dropped him So you just dropped those two and you're you're going with one goaltender, you're happy enough with your strategy there? Uh, yeah, absolutely I would probably would have dropped Hellebuck too if he would have struggled or not having a, a great season but uh, yeah, just try the uh, Jeff Good strategy. Yeah, so um, what I'm actually looking at in this week's stat, stat attack is um, the strategy of drafting goaltenders or playing goaltenders and whether it's a benefit not to hold goaltenders um, over holding them. So um, a little bit later on in this episode, I'll be talking about that. So you might want to have a listen to that. I'm oh, just, absolutely. I'm analyzing the teams who have goaltenders versus the teams who haven't got goaltenders and seeing if there's a bit of a trend there as to who's performing better. Cool. That's awesome. Um, moving on then. So looking at your number of moves, um, I wouldn't say you're um, too big of a streamer, but you definitely use the, the weekly moves. Yeah, uh, I use the weekly moves. Uh, I've got like $33 left on Fab um, yeah. last year and a couple couple of years back. Uh, I ended the season with a lot of uh, Fab left. So this year I just went all out. Might not have gotten the best guys for the value uh but yeah uh, well we'll see how it plays out on the uh, playoffs yeah have you started holding back then a little bit since your budget is quite a bit down so i see your last yeah. maybe five or six guys you picked up you haven't spent any money on 
No, exactly. I'm way more conservative right now. Are there any particular pickups that you had during the season who you're happy with? Uh, I got one I'm extremely happy with and the same guy I'm not happy with. So right. uh, it's uh, Donskoy. Yes. Okay. $10. Exactly. $10 there. Uh, kept him, I think, for one or two weeks. And then I dropped him. And he's been on fire ever since. Yeah, he's a guy I've been looking at um, just over the last couple of days. Colorado has quite a good schedule next week. They play Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So you could you could pick him up if he's available in your league um, and then drop him for the weekend maybe and get a couple of games at the weekend if you need them. Um, but he's definitely one who's worth considering. Yeah, he's not available anymore. <laughs> no, he's gone. He's gone, yeah. Um, your current roster then, so taking into account all the moves that you've made, you have Blake Coleman there, Robbie Fabry, Ryan Graves. Uh, he's somebody who I've picked up in the last couple of days, again, owing to Colorado's nice schedule next week. Have you had him for long? Uh, no, I just picked him up, I think, uh, two or three days ago. Okay, were you looking at next week's schedule? Uh, no, absolutely not. I just needed okay. somebody uh, to, to rank in points. Like I'm scraping for points right now. Uh, so, but... I saw I was about to drop him yesterday for somebody who played today, uh, but I saw Makar got injured. So yes. yeah. I, I decided to keep him just, yeah. just in case. Yeah, I haven't heard the news on Makar yet. I know he got hit by Marchand, so we'll wait and see how, how serious that is. Yeah. Um, you don't, speaking of injuries, you don't have anybody on the IOR at the moment. Have you had any IOR difficulties? Last year, yeah, not this year, but last year I had my two first round picks, uh, Taylor Hall and Eric Carlson, go down for the year. Oh, no. So, yeah, that didn't, didn't help me a lot. No. Um, but no, this year I've been uh, pretty lucky on that uh, IR as well. You missed out on probably on Trocek and Hronek for a few weeks? Uh, a little bit, but I yeah. wouldn't drop them, no. Um, and just the final question then, Matthew, is um, your all-time favorite fantasy hockey player, do you have anybody? Is this where Mike Madano comes back into the conversation? Uh, no, because I wasn't <laughs> playing fantasy hockey. Yeah, I was thinking the years didn't cross there. But uh, no, I got to say David Basternak. Okay. Because okay. Uh, when I the, the year I won the couple, um, 2014, uh, Tier 5, Yes. Uh, I drafted him uh, round 15 between okay. Thomas Placanek and Jared Spurgeon. <laughs> Who? <laughs> and, yeah. So um, I won all my leagues that year because uh, I got past neck pretty, pretty late and pretty much all my drafts. Uh, just remembering from uh, the year before, the season before, he was on fire when the season ended and uh, had him on my radar, picked him up. He shot a ton. I think he scored over maybe... 35 goals uh mm. so didn't get the opportunity to draft him in the last couple of years but uh eventually i'll get him back yeah so you went with ovechkin this year you uh you went with the steady and safe option at uh number three overall pick exactly steady and safe kucherov uh mcdavid went to and went in two was there much yeah. of a debate in your head <sighs> over whether to pick uh, mckinnon oh absolutely uh, decided to go with Ovi just because we were counting hits and blocks. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe not blocks, but hits primarily. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a beast for hits. And uh, I've been kind of when I drafted this year, I was kind of outside my comfort zone because I never drafted Ovi, and then uh, I drafted John Carlson in third. Mm. I'm so your never first owned him anywhere. 
So. Your first four picks, um, you had two Washington and two Winnipeg. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you had Carlson and Ovechkin and Wheeler and Hellebuck. So you're putting all your eggs in the W baskets. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm actually trying to trade Re- Wheeler right now. So... Uh, I won't, I won't make you say any more on him. He's no, been no, great. no. He's been great. Yeah. Anybody who's interested in, in Wheeler, by all means, hit up Matt uh, <laughs> yeah. straight away. Well, I, I've got a I got a player in mind. Uh, the offer has been sitting in the uh, uh, in the box for a couple of days now. I don't know if it'll turn right. out. Is there any discussion going on, or is it just an offer waiting? Uh, some discussion, but okay. I'll just leave it at that. So everybody in Lungby, that's one to keep your eyes on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks a million for your time, Matt, especially on a Sunday morning on your birthday. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on um, and we let you get back to your family and have a great rest of your birthday. Thank you, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks again to Matt for coming on on his birthday of all days. And I can tell you that after we recorded that interview, Matt did go on to win his matchup last night. He managed to hold on to his uh, narrow lead and he has taken the outright number one position in Lyungby in Tier 4. But there are no shortage of teams breathing right down his neck. So there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 teams on 6, 3 and 0, just one win behind. They are Hot Takes and Poutine, Phil Ketchup, Murder Town, Legumes d'Amour and Serenity Now. And I guess this is as good a time as any to have a look at the remaining unbeaten or winless teams in the Cupful. And we'll start with the winless teams. I haven't listed them before, but I'm going to list them. There are three remaining. Uh, the teams remaining are this season Hurtles, recently renamed in Ottawa, uh, with a record of 0-9-0 and, and 250th out of 252 in terms of total points across the cupful. Then SBHC in Ludwig, also winless, and Conus Iron in Binghamton, uh, again 0-9-0. And, and the three teams who have yet to be beaten, um, the same three teams as last week, so all managed to maintain their perfect record moving from 8-0-0 to 9-0-0. It's the Sundeer Sharks in William, Walk with Elias in Jakobef, and Dude Wears Makar in Sodertalje. So congratulations to those three teams once again who remain unbeaten after nine weeks. Uh, We look forward with anticipation to see how they get on in week 10 and how many there will be remaining unbeaten after that game week. Now let's take a closer look at the first tied matchup of the 2019-2020 Kukupful season. It took place in Linus in Tier 5 and it was between Fenner's team and Scotty Too Hotty. Scotty Too Hotty went into the game with a 4-4-0 record and Fenner's team uh, with a 2-6-0 record. So Fenner's team were really under pressure to start picking up wins. Unfortunately, neither team managed to do so with a total score of 234.4 each which was about 20 points above average for the game week. It went right down to the very last minute of the very last game once again. Uh, again, it's Edmonton involved, as it has been in the past couple of weeks for tight matchups. Um, Edmonton and Buffalo last night, and Rasmus Ristolainen's shot with 14 seconds left in the third period, got Scotty Tuhati back on level terms and managed to salvage a tie in that matchup. And I don't think either manager can have any complaints. Um, they both deserved their share of the points. And hopefully it will be a springboard for both teams going forward for the rest of the season. Let's now take a look at this week's Stat Attack Deep Dive. And once again this week I'm looking at the draft. One topic that comes up time and again in the Cupful is whether or not goaltenders should be included as part of the scoring. There has been some divided opinion on whether goaltenders should be a part of the game at all. 
Some people are suggesting that maybe it's uh, mandatory for a goaltender to be included as part of a team, maybe through minimum starts or something like that. So I went back to the draft and had a look at what strategies people were using when it came to drafting goaltenders. In 2019-2020 in the Cup some 93% of teams drafted either two or three goaltenders. There were two teams out of 252 who opted not to draft a goaltender, and there were eight teams who drafted four goaltenders. Seven teams decided to go with a strategy of drafting just one goaltender. Now, albeit quite a small sample size, the teams with zero goaltenders drafted have tended to perform 5% better than the average. Teams with one goaltender have performed 2.5% better than the average. Teams with two goaltenders have performed average. Teams with three goaltenders drafted have performed 0.3% worse than average, and teams with four goaltenders drafted have performed 0.1% worse than average. So it's clear there that teams who are drafting fewer goaltenders are performing better than average. It is important to point out that this is based solely on what teams were drafting, so there are no accommodations made here for moves made on the waiver wire or players dropped, picked up and so on. When it comes to defensemen, in the draft there were only two teams who drafted three defensemen. The majority of teams, some 87%, drafted four or five defensemen, and 30 teams drafted six defensemen. In terms of forwards then, the range went from 8 forwards all the way up to 13, with 2 teams having drafted 8, 15 teams having drafted 9 forwards, 71 teams drafted 10 forwards, 108 drafted 11 forwards, 52 drafted 12 forwards, and just 4 teams drafted 13 out of their 18 picks as forwards. The most common strategy therefore was to draft 2 goaltenders, 5 defensemen, and 11 forwards. The second most popular was three goaltenders, five defensemen and ten forwards. Both of these strategies have worked out at a round average, so no real gain over the field. So to summarise what I've just stated, fewer goaltenders, more defensemen and around about the average number of forwards is a good strategy to go with, going by the numbers in this year's Kukupful. Of the more commonly chosen strategies in this year's draft, two goaltenders, six D-men and ten forwards is the most successful proving to be 3.3% more effective than average. Moving away from the draft then, if you look at the current Cupful standings, you'll see that the teams who tend to be closer to the top, both in terms of total points and overall record, tend to have a lower percentage of their overall points being goaltender points. If you look at this week's top 20 teams ranked by points, you will see that the average percentage of points that those teams have earned from their goaltenders is under 10%, at just 9.95%. Whereas if you look at the bottom 20, you will see that the average is 11.71%. And this rings true if you stretch it out even further and compare the top half against the bottom half of the table. You will see that the average is about 11.07% for the bottom half and 10.65% for the top half. So what this tells me is that the players who are using goaltenders less and accruing less points from their goaltenders are compensating for this by making more points from their skater position. This is illustrated rather nicely in the Cupful standings file where you can take a look at the goalie percentage chart. The blue trend line there will show you that teams who are closer to a 100% winning record are using goaltenders less and accruing less points from their goaltenders. Now to round out today's show, we're going to take a look at the best performers of the last seven days. And in goals, it's Alexander Georgiev of the New York Rangers. Georgiev had two wins, just four goals against, and 114 saves, including a shutout. At defense, John Carlson and Victor Hedman. Carlson had three goals and three assists from 11 shots with two hits and three blocks, and Hedman had three goals and two assists with 14 shots, again two hits and again three blocks. 
At left wing from the Vegas Golden Knights was Jonathan Marcheseau. Marcheseau had 4 goals, 1 assist, 18 shots and 3 hits for a total of 30.75 fantasy points. At right wing, also from the Vegas Golden Knights, was Alex Tuck, back from injury. He had 30 points in 4 games. 3 goals, 3 assists, 12 shots, 4 hits and 1 block. And at centre of the Winnipeg Jets, it's Mark Scheifele with 4 goals, 1 assist, 14 shots on goal, 1 hit and 7 blocks. And that means that last week's fantasy star of the week for the Cupful is Alexander Georgiev of the New York Rangers with 37.9 fantasy points from 3 games. Uh, Georgiev is owned in just 11% of Cupful leagues and with him battling for a starting place with Henrik Lundqvist it might be worth keeping him on your watch list for the weeks to come. There are no prizes for guessing the matchup of the week. As I mentioned earlier, Fenner's team and Scotty Tuhati of Linus played out a draw with 234.4 points each. There has been some movement in the overall top 5. FHP of Ludwig have moved up 11 places from 16th to 5th. Joe's team of Sweden have moved down 2 places from 2nd to 4th. Dude Where's Makar from Södertalja remain uh, static in 3rd place. Uh, my favourite team, Microsoft Excel of Anton, have gone from 4th up to 2nd, so it's a jump of 2. Um, and still at the top for the 8th week in a row, it's Tom Crowhurst and Epic Neil Time. But it does have to be said that the gap is closing, so Microsoft Excel are now only 58.5 points back from Epic Neil Time, with Dude Where's Macar, Joe's team and FHP all within 100 points, so things are tightening up a little bit at the top. The Kukupful team of the week come from Matthias in Tier 5, where the Titanic accrued 312.35 points. With excellent performances from Jonathan Taves, Victor Olofsson, Jakob Truba, Sami Vatanen, Evgeny Malkin, Travis Konechny, who was placed on IOR late in the week, and Semyon Varlamov as their only goaltender. So a good example of the one goaltender strategy at work there. And to finish out today's show, we're going to take a look at who's hot and who's not. So which players have been dropped and which players have been picked up in the most cupful divisions. Starting with the knots, Ilya Mikiev of the Toronto Maple Leafs has been dropped from 78% of teams down to just 33. So a drop of 45% there. Andreas Athanasiu of the Detroit Red Wings has dropped from 94% to 44%. So he's been dropped in half of the cupful divisions. Philip Heedle of the New York Rangers gone from 83% down to 33%. That's also a drop of 50% of divisions. Nick Suzuki has gone from 72% down to 11%. And his teammate Arturi Lekkonen has gone from 94% ownership down to just 28%. And on the flip side then, the players who have been hot in the last week, Pavel Fransuz has gone from 0% ownership up to 61%. Another goaltender, Linus Ulmark, has gone from 6% up to 67%. Calvin Dehan has gone from 22% owned to 83% owned. Another goaltender at number 2, Tristan Jarry, has gone from 28% to 100% owned in the Cupful. He's potentially going to usurp Matt Murray in the Penguins' net. And the biggest increase in the last 7 days is defenseman Ryan Graves of the Colorado Avalanche, whose ownership has swelled from 6% last week up to 100% owned this week. That's owing to the Colorado schedule on Monday, Wednesday and Friday this week and potentially due to an injury to Kale McCarr also. So that's it for this week's show on a week where Matthew Gosselin made a 3-2 to Canada in terms of guests' appearance on the show. If there are any Americans out there who would like to make a 3-3, make sure you hit me up on the Cupful Facebook group. But until next week, all the best with your game weeks in Game Week 10 and I'll see you next week.